Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to, I think this is the 29th episode of Obscure Image Podcast, most obscure podcast in the world with your host, Make Love, where I interview underground artists, content creators, game developers, inventors, anything in between that. Uh, today, I have a really cool episode for you guys today, man. This isn't like the usual episode. You guys know I interview a lot of underground artists lately. This one is a little different. It's still in the underground scene, but it's just slightly different, which I think this is, just, you know, it's cool. It's fucking cool. But uh, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody who you are, what you do, and where you're from? good y'all my name is mullet boy uh you can call me mullet by the way uh from the east coast new york city i host events i carried events i'm basically just the the glue for all the events that i host myself uh yeah that's a little bit about myself uh shit yeah it's fire bro like before we started recording we were talking about how uh the fucking air quality in new york is like super fucked do you think that could potentially like affect shows if you have any up and coming I mean, like, definitely. It, it affected, like, a couple of shows, you know, a couple of days ago, even with, like, my boy Kurt Donovan in uh, all the way in New Jersey. He actually had to cancel the show because of the air quality yesterday, the, you know, June 7th. But honestly, like, like moving forward, I don't think this is going to take a big effect on the shows. You know, it's like a little temporary thing, you know. Um, air quality is getting better. Today's the 8th. It's like 194 air quality. So, you know, it's getting a little better, but... uh. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to affect the shows at all, to be honest with you. So, currently, how how is a way that you guys can mediate that? Was it Would it only be, like, indoor venues, or? I mean, yeah, because since it's, a, you know, summer, we all want to be outside. We all mm-hmm. want to do outdoor venues and doing, like, you know, ignorant outdoor New York, you know, classic shit. But yeah. at the same time, we have to take in mind that, you know, even people like me, I have, you know, minor asthma, like, you know, people like me, you know, have bad lungs or, you know, aren't in the best health that also want to enjoy a show. You know, of course, an indoor venue is going to be ideal. And e- even in the case of rain, you know what I mean? An indoor mm-hmm. venue is always the, the better option, you know. Um, I, I, I doubt someone's going to care to pay for a ticket for an indoor venue because they are probably going to understand that, you know, it's going to cost you some money to rent out the venue, rah, rah, rah. But that's the only way I could see us combating you know, this little situation going on. So when it comes to your asthma, because my mom, she used to have asthma when she was a kid, but it, it went away. So was your asthma like worse as a kid or is this something you just newly developed or? I think it was newly developed. I'm not going to lie. Like stop vaping. Like I'm, I'm addicted mm. to like I vaping, but I think it was from vaping because like these last few years, um, I'm not officially diagnosed, but I went to a few doctors and they were like, yeah, like you probably have asthma. So I'm just calling it minor asthma, but yeah, I, I think generally it's just the vaping. It's the, the constant, like, you know, moshing is actually great for your lungs. Cause it's like basically cardio, Yeah. but <laughs> the moshing with the vaping made me like generally like, you know, my lungs hella bad. So does like the, uh, heart of breathing, does it come like in episodes or like in waves or how does that work for you? Nah, like, it is, like, you know, I'll just notice it here and there. Like, I used to be able to mosh for a whole entire show, like, mm-hmm. the whole entire time, jumping around, having a great time. Now, like, if y'all know how long the song Punks Only is by NASCAR Allo, <laughs> it's literally, like, a minute and some change, and I could barely last for that whole song. Like, my whole body will start, like, shaking because of how, like, like, malnourished of air I am. So, do you do, like, any, um... 
Mm. Like any like remedies or anything like that? Like maybe ginger or anything like that? Or yeah, I'm actually really into that shit. Um, I'd say uh, shilajit. It's like a herb, I guess, you put in your water. It helps with everything from just like general health to like testosterone to you know like headaches to stomach to everything. Uh, okay. Shilajit, ginger, sea moss. It's all really good for you. Definitely check it out. Do your research on that. But that's what I use just for my general health, and it has helped in the past with like you know my breathing. Man, that's that's what the fuck I'm trying to get on, man. Cause currently, you know, what I'm saying, nigga can't afford that shit. So I've been drinking hella kombucha and shit like that, trying to, you know, what I'm saying, get that, healthy. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like, you buy a few bottles of kombucha, it's the same price as like a thing of shilajit or like a thing of, you know, sea moss. You know, get it, get it, get it locally sourced too. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like Trinidadian and a lot of Jamaican resellers that um, not 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 resellers, sellers that um, you know, sell their own products yeah definitely support them that's uh, the great product taught me a lot so one of the first like you know real questions i'm going to ask you is like where does your drive come from because you it seems like you've been doing like you've been just going just on go doing fucking shows just back to back so like where do you think that drive comes from so um basically there was this point in time uh where my mom and dad separated for a while well they are still separated but uh, they they separated and uh i was living with my dad after um getting kicked out of a school in brooklyn and uh i was living in pennsylvania for a while with my dad uh he lived in like a really big one or no sorry three bedroom apartment in uh, this small town called weatherly pa and uh basically what I was doing there was like, I was, you know, I was, I was lonely. Cause like he, he would work long hours. So I would invite friends over. We'd like chill out and smoke and drink and whatever. And, you know, shoot the shits playing Fortnite, you know, when it first came out, like just like regular kid shit. I was like 15 years old, 14 years old. Um, and that quickly like turned into uh huge parties at my house. And we would have like, you know, huge parties as in like 20, 30 kids. But like, you know, to me, that was big. Uh, I would have like a bunch of, you know, of the high schoolers that I went to school to in my house in one night. And one night I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to start charging a cover fee. Like, this is insane. Like, I'm letting people into my home and like, so, like party and shit like that. And, uh, you know, I made some money. I, I got enough money to like really like fund the next party. I got like pbrs and like course lights and shit like that like i was like just trying to go off and uh it really like sparked my interest to like start like curating events and uh quickly that you know led to you know i moved back to brooklyn after that i got accepted to a nice charter school and uh i met this really cool guy named lil poof um you know some of y'all might know him you might know him Mm -hmm. uh he's a dj from New York and he like was putting together shows with like Lil Darky back then and Spider Gang and um it really inspired me to just start to do my own thing. You know what I mean? And that uh, you know, turn into what it is now. Yo, that's crazy. So before this you were throwing parties as a fifteen year old kid. Literally, yeah. I would have like seniors at my house like asking me like, yo, when's the next one, bro? <laughs> like I need to know and like it felt great. But then, like, during the school day, I was, like, such a geek and, like, a loser. Like, I collect Pokemon cards. I play Kingdom Hearts. Like, mm-hmm. I play Roblox. Like, 
it was it was so different when they were in my house than when I was in school. But I would continue doing it because it was like free validation and like I could do my like due diligence by like feeding myself too because like it was my passion. And uh, yeah, it is. It turned into something so much bigger, you know. Damn. So did did those parties help you gain like a social media following, or did it transfer over into that? Literally, not at all. Wow. My Instagram back then is deleted. It used to be Clout Demon. Um, I had a small following, but it was, it was th- th- this town in PA had maybe two thousand people living there. There was it was mm. very small town, so I had like two thousand followers, but it wasn't like people waiting for parties. It was like my friends, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was um my internet friends, my people. So I wouldn't say a following, but um yeah, I definitely amassed people that wanted to go to these little house parties Kim, so how did your dad know how did he feel about that <laughs> he still does not know to this day what because okay here, here's the thing he worked in new york and drove back to pa so oftentimes he would stop by his girlfriend's house sleep there come the next morning you know oh, okay. he would miss days from time so i was there alone a lot you know what i mean like um that's why I would just invite friends over and just smoke and chill like 10 friends at a time. You know what I mean? Like we only had one cat there and me. So it was really just, you know, me doing my thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he does not know to this day. So if he ever sees this, um, my bad pops, but, uh, I made a little money. So, so, <laughs> so how do you think Papa Mullet will feel about that? Oh, he'd be fucking pissed, but he, <laughs> he, he knows about my events now. So, okay. He would definitely be like, whatever, fuck it. It already happened. This is like five years ago at this point. How does he feel about the events? How did I feel about the events? No, how does your uh, dad feel about the events? Oh, he, he loves it. He loves that I, you know, produce events and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, I, I don't see him too often anymore because, you know, my, my life has been so vigorous and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do something or host something, you know, he's always proud of me. He always supports me, you know, and I'm really grateful for that because a lot of, you know, parents and, you know, people don't have supported parents and like open-minded parents, you know, especially nowadays, a lot of, a lot of parents are very ignorant, very close-minded. Yeah. That's cool that he supports, you know, what you're doing in your dream, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do if my parents didn't, you know, support what I did. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, there's something that you mentioned. I kind of want to go back to, you said that you had got kicked out of one of your schools. Why did you get kicked out? <laughs> so basically, um, I was at this school called John Jay. It's in Brooklyn. I'm actually like two blocks away from it right now. Um, and basically I was in the school for about a month because I had moved from Okay, so prior to this, I lived in PA for a couple of years, but I moved to Brooklyn with my mom because, you know, they separated. Mm-hmm. And while living with my mom, you know, John Jay, I got into a fight because of a basketball game in gym. I was playing defense and like he like I was like, you know, butting into him a little bit because like that's how you play defense. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I'm not all about that gay shit and like fucking sucker punched me. And I was so confused. My lip was like gushing, bleeding. And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, I, I'm cool in here, whatever. I can forget about it. But my mom was like, my, my mom's 
so soft and so caring and so gentle. So she was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not having my son here. So she she um, discharged me from that school, and I went to my dad's crib and stayed with him for a bit. Um, And, yeah, that is how that happened. That fucking sucks. It sucks, but it was mad funny because, like, because, like, what the fuck? You feel me? <laughs> Man, what the hell? That kid was tweaking, bro. Yeah, it's it's just that like weird toxic masculinity shit, you know, that we all, that we all see. Mm-hmm. So, how did you come up with the name Mullet Boy? I'm 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 so excited to answer this question. Um, <laughs> so basically, uh, in high school, I was in tenth grade, and I was growing out my hair like a lot, and it just kind of got to the point where it became a mullet because I would like trim my bangs and shit because I didn't want it to get in my eyes, but my the back of my hair was getting long. And this girl named Emily K-Line was like, you're a mullet boy, you're a mullet boy, you're a mullet boy. And I was like, facts, I'm a mullet boy. <laughs> and like, I had changed my username to mullet B6Y. So instead of an O, it was a six. And it was kind of like an ongoing joke, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like mullet boy, and da, 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 da. And then it kind of just transpired and carried and, you know, just kept like, you know, making sense. Shout out Emily K-Line for giving me my fucking name. <laughs> Shout out to her. So, yeah, literally, bro. So my only Japanese friend in high school. Okay. Yeah, because I'm Japanese as well, so it was like hard to relate to people and shit. But mm-hmm. she is also Japanese. So, like your profile picture, that's supposed to be you, right? Yeah, this um person named Zozeshi on Instagram, X O Z E S H I, made that profile picture. They're fucking goaded at making art. So, have you ever thought of like? I don't know, maybe sometime in the future when Mullet Mania, like, really fucking, like, I'm talking about, because it's kicking off right now, but really starts to fucking kick off. You ever thought of making, like, an animated show of, like, you? The Adventures of Mullet Boy? What's funny is, like, I, I, I've thought about making animations and stuff. It's just that I, I'll find people that know how to animate. It's just really hard to find somebody consistent. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, they'll they'll make some animations for me. They'll they'll do their thing, but it might take really long, like big turnovers, uh, a lot of time, which I understand. But I want somebody that's like super consistent, understands me, and like really like values my time. So, um, I have thought about it. I have thought about it, but it's just it's not the right time. You know what I mean? I feel it. So again, I kind of want to get a little deeper into like your childhood and who you are and stuff like that. Like we were saying, there's not really a lot about you on the internet. Um, so you kind of spoke about it a little bit, how your mom and dad had separated. How, how, um, how was your childhood? Like besides that? Um, there's some parts of my childhood I really don't want to, you know, like speak about in this interview, but of course. I, I, I would say generally like, you know, like ages 10 up, um, you know, it was always good. Like I was always, you know, in safe hands, um, lived in Long Island for a while from like since I was born till I was 10 years old. And I moved to PA when I was, you know, 10 until I was 14. And that's when that whole situation happened when I moved back to Brooklyn. But uh, otherwise, yeah, my, my childhood's always been great. I was really into Pokemon, really into Kingdom Hearts, really into that, uh, that, that like really animated shit, that Square Enix, Disney, all that shit. Um, I really into roblox that was honestly like probably my most developmental part of life was roblox so 
yeah, that, that's how my childhood was. Bro, Long Island. I've been there. I'm from LA. Long Island is fucking beautiful, bro. Uh, <laughs> I went there, and my aunt she had like a fucking uh, basically in their backyard was like a forest type shit. We heard a bear you back there, bro. think it's beautiful until you see the nice, the, the fucking dusty parts. The <laughs> island is, is only beautiful for the privileged. And, mm. you know, it's okay to be privileged, but mm. it is a very ugly place when you don't have a lot of money. That's crazy. Yeah, I did like, not know that. I've only seen, like, the amazing parts. Yeah, and that that's a good thing, honestly. But, you know, the Long Island, like Brentwood and Ronkonkoma, like, it's not... Well, now Ronkonkoma is good. But um, it used to not be good. A lot, a lot of parts of Long Island, they were like slums. So I kind, of, I kind of want to know what, like, how'd you get into like underground music? Okay, so it started in 2017 when 16 actually. I was, I was living in PA, and me and my friends found out about X, and about his jail situation. And you know, he was like heroin father at the time. So we used to, we used to be like, yo, the, the heroin father leak or whatever, the heroin father songs. Like we didn't really know we weren't tapped in. We didn't even know his fucking name was X. And um, we would like talk about his shit and like really like, like focus in and like hyper fixate on X. And uh, you know, that all rooted from just me, like those things like Uzi and Cardi and shit like that. But I was quickly drawn to X because he was like extra underground, extra rare, extra like special. And, uh, you know, people like Peep too. Well, I wasn't even listening to Peep back then. I was listening to Young Bro back then. That was my shit. Um, and, um, you know, SoundCloud kind of gave me like a new sense of like excitement, something new, something fresh all the time. Because in 2016 to like 18, I would say, it was like the healthiest era. So fresh, so new, you know, mm-hmm. it was just fun. You know, like, like Lil Pump was like a really big thing back then too. That was one of the first con- uh, concerts i went to so i would say all those artists are like a big key to like why i'm into the underground shit today okay pump was just like a huge like thing for me like i was like so drawn to it it was like quick catchy lyrics you know like ignorant lyrics um i just loved it it was so simple and like so like lit to me you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it wasn't anything special it was just so new and it sparked an interest in me really quickly that's so interesting that you say that, bro, because I feel like that experience that you just said right then and there, I feel like so many other people have that experience when it comes to different, like, finding out about, like, indie game developers or somebody's in the technology, finding out about new technology. Like, I don't know, that kind of, I feel like what you just said will resonate with a lot of people for many different things. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, like, you know, when, when you figure out what you really dig and what you like, especially when, like, you're growing into a teen, it sticks with you for a long time. So. Before we get into like you like throwing shows and stuff like that, I, I want to know how did the name Mullet Mania Festival come about? Because we know you go by Mullet Boy, but we're going to choose Mullet Mania. Literally, my dad. Um, I was over his house like two years ago. Maybe, maybe three. I, I don't know. I think two or three years ago. Um, I was like, hey, like I want to throw a show so badly. I'm having like a creative block, you know. I don't know what to call it, like, and he was like, oh, like, you know, like, spitting names, and then he said, you know, like, what about some shit like Hogan Mania, like, Mullet Mania, and I was like, oh, shit, like, that goes fucking hard, (laughs) and my dad, like, gave me that name, like, he, like, co-founded that name, like, literally, and I was like, that shit is fucking tough, and I just started, you know, 
like Jack and Mullet Mania. Damn, bro, it seems like uh, Papa Mullet is really like deep within like this story and within like your rise of like doing what you do. Like, dude, he's the goat. Like, like, like I'm I'm so blessed to have you know an understanding father and like someone who like can actually like guide me. You know, like, um, a lot of my homies don't have that privilege and i'm so blessed to have that uh he he definitely he he's the goat he is the goat see now i kind of want to know do you think if your dad would have been home more often do you think you'd have been like throwing shows and you think it would have i mean throwing parties you think oh, it would have led into no. this no? If, he, if he was home more often i would have thrown nothing <laughs> like straight up do you think you would have eventually started doing shows still or no i mean i don't know because it that might have not changed my trajectory to meet Lil Poof. He's like the like you know like the person that like kind of showed me like how to do certain things. So, you know, as long as I met him, you know, Poof, that that would have definitely brought me to where I am now. But it's really hard to say because that's a really good point. He he did like allow me not allow me, but his absence <laughs> allowed me to like throw parties. Yeah. So how did you meet Poof? Shit. I mean lots of different stories in my mind because like i can't remember how i actually met him mm -hmm. pretty sure it was return of no, no 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 my bad it was it was fuck i forgot what the show was called but it was with like a14 and like a christ dillinger and wendigo when they when they all had like 9k 10k followers like they were like small artists from the new york scene and um i had went to it and i like dapped him up and was like you threw this? He's like, yeah, I threw, that. I threw this, whatever. I followed him on the gram, and I was just following all his events and like seeing what he was doing. Um, and then later on, uh, 2019 Rolling Loud, I had like sprained my ankle, and I had a ticket for day two, but I couldn't go because my fucking ankle was like sprained. And um, I hit up on the gram, and I was like, yo, like, do you want my ticket for Rolling Loud? Like, you're always in the pits. Like, you're always doing something. I, I want to give you this ticket. And he was like kind of hesitant at first but took the ticket eventually and he went to rolling loud 2019 new york city uh and yeah that was, it was history since then oh wow that's that's crazy bro that's fucking insane hmm. how'd you come about like partner partnering with the good hits tv to help you produce melomania he um so like he hit me up because uh, I, I do like, you know, paid booking sometimes depending on like if they want me to host something of value. Mm -hmm. And he hit me up and wanted me to host this thing uh, called Spring Cleaning. And it was really cool. I had like Black and like, you know, Brumming God. Who else did I have? Somebody else. I had uh, Free Will. I uh, had fucking Chubnacio. Like, just really cool New York City people, basically. And, uh, yeah, he, he booked me for that. And uh, I was really interested in the way he structured shows because they were really similar to the way I structure shows as far as, like, artists and, like, what scenes he invests in. Um, and I quickly became really close to him just because his brain is, like, just, like, how mine works. And um, I... I would just constantly partner with him and be like, "Oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this with me? Do you want to invest in this? Do you want to help me with this?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it." And we did Brooklyn Beatdown together. And then, like, since Brooklyn Beatdown with NASCAR Allo, I feel like we've been like super tight and super like you know invested in each other since then. 
Damn. So before then, how did you? I saw before um you partnered with um you're partnering with Good Hit TV. You guys were throwing shows together. You threw a couple solo shows before then. So before that, so in between that and you doing parties, when did like you start to like throw underground shows? And how did your first show go? And how did that come about? I threw my first show at this park called Tompkins Square Park. Uh, it's in like Lower East Side, Manhattan. And essentially, that was just like the homies getting together. You know, I got a little speaker too, um, for my boy Gawky. He had like a Bluetooth speaker at the time. He, he let me use it. Um, I literally just had like six performers at the park. I almost got kicked out twice. And then, yeah, I was just, like, performing. I mean, they were performing in front of, like, I think, like, in my archives, but they're not up anymore. Okay. Wait, so why, why aren't they up? I don't know. I just, I just like, I'll see them. <laughs> I'll cringe a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I, I get happy. I'm like, oh, man, it's so, so cute. But then I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, goddamn, what was I doing? You know what I mean? Like the speaker was like boom, boom, boom. Like it was like you know a whole situation. Um, but I cherish those moments just because I, I feel like there there's such special moments and like such developmental moments. You know that I don't want them on my page right now. You know, it's just like a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, I feel that, bro. Because my first fucking episode i recorded that shit with apple headphones quality was ass like <laughs> i was an ass interviewer like but you know that shit's history so I, you know i just keep that shit up that's what i mean like you know you you'll you'll get through those stages but at the same time it's a little it's a little like questionable to like what's up the deli all right down i'm gonna I'm right here don't leave me my fault my my homies wait where's my vape at no you didn't See, I I know. My bad, yo. I'm bro. Fuck that I'm, vape, man. Fuck that. Fuck that vape. But at the same time, I need it so bad. You, uh, not to be off topic, but did you hear? There's this new shit. Uh, there's like this. It's like a inner. I don't even know how to say. It's like an energy fruit fucking vape, but there's no nicotine whatsoever. It's like vitamins. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I've seen a few of those like different brands, and like they're all cool and shit, but like. At the end of the day, like a real nicotine addict is, is not gonna fuck with that shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you're gonna hit it and be like, "Oh, this is literally not nicotine." Like your brain's not gonna like it. Have you tried it? It, it? it might help a little bit, but for like, like respectfully, like there's nothing to combat a nicotine addiction other than maybe like going cold turkey or like weaning off slowly. Mm. Have you tried the like the little fruit things, the little energy things? Yeah, my homegirl had one for like a sec. Um and I and I hit it and it didn't taste like I like feel like nicotine so I didn't like it. Mm. Okay. I know this is super kind of off topic from the questions, but uh, do you smoke weed? Um, yeah, I I do smoke weed. It's more so like when I'm in the mood to smoke weed or when I'm at home chilling, like playing video games. Otherwise, like I go nonverbal and like. I don't like doing it in social settings, essentially. Oh, ah, there you go. Okay. I was going to say, uh, what was I going to say? 
So, man. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, maybe use... Because me personally, like, I'm um, I'm pretty open about it. I'm seven years sober. Like, I should do crazy shit with an eye. Like, in order for me to help me get sober, before I hit seven years, I was smoking weed. Like, that's what helped me stay away from all the crazy shit. So I was wondering, like, have you ever thought of, like, just trying to smoke weed to get away from nicotine? Like, just joints or, like, a bong or something? Yeah, but it's weird. I feel like it's the handsome mouse, like, motion that I'm addicted to, not even the nicotine. Like, I, I, I but it's, like, both. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Like, I'm actually not a, that addicted right now. I just kind of have access to a lot of vapes because, like, people just give me vapes. I don't know why. It just kind of, like, comes to me, and I'm like, ooh, nicotine. <laughs> so, ooh. <laughs> but otherwise i'm actually not smoking anything um you know when i when i don't have a vape i, w- I won't buy one you know like i will not buy them so right. I've, I've been trying to stay like completely sober it's just hard to cut down on sugar and caffeine mm. and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah sugar yeah that was another so uh, that's the real addiction honestly is sugar yeah that should have fuck you up too because i remember when covid this is off top but when covid first happened like, I was eating a lot of sugar, bro, and I ate so much to where, like, my body couldn't, like, break down the sugar. Like, I wasn't drinking enough water and shit. I was just eating That's sweets. That's what I'm saying. Like, I-, I was fucked up, too. Like, shit, I was, like, bored as fuck, like, eating, like, sugar straws and, like, those, like, fucking, you know, I was going crazy. Man. Like, it just, I, I'd be on Roblox, like, trading and selling shit, and I'd just be like, sugar, 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 sugar. Literally. You know, during during COVID, of course, but, um, yeah. Same deal over here. That yeah. shit sucks, uh, but it's sugar is the real addiction. Danishes, ice creams, gushers. Like ah, I was yeah. fucked up, bro. <laughs> like I'm, I got to the point to where like I had to go to the doctor, bro. Like I literally, I couldn't piss. Like it stopped me from pissing. Like because I'm dead as a foodie. That's what I mean. Like I'm dead as a foodie. Like I love food, so naturally I love snacks too. What's your favorite food? Like, like, like if you could eat something right now, like what's your go to? Bro, I'm I'm looking at a Spanish menu right now. <laughs> it's, it's about to be fucking beef mofongo. Oh, what is that? Sounds amazing. It's uh a Spanish like food. It's basically like uh, uh plantains, like seasoning, and then uh, a choice of meat. Okay, so what meat are you choosing? Uh, probably the beef right now. I'm I'm with all the beef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fuck. You know, we were, you know what the fuck we were talking about before we start talking about like the vape shit. Good hits, and like poof, and like all them. Yeah, let me see. Let me see. Cause you were gonna, you were gonna say something, and then and so we were talking about um, starting from scratch, and how like how I was talking about how I started from Apple headphones, and you started from like a shitty speaker mic throwing shows, and then you went into saying like it's cool, and then you said it's a little questionable, and then your homie came in. Oh, yeah, it's because, like, I I don't know, like, th- those are, really, like, special parts of, like, my, like, life, you know what I mean? And, like, kind of embarrassing, kind of special, kind of, you know, a little bit of everything. But I don't want, like, a certain person, I guess, like, you know, it's my own insecurities. I don't, I don't want a certain person to be, like, oh, oh, oh that she looks lame, and then, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, I guess I'll, I'll unarchive them someday. It's just that, like, right now, they're, like, parts of my life that i've been like okay this is my growth stage like no one needs to see my growth stage you know what i mean like they, they only got to see what's happening now i'm very like a present person you know what i mean hmm. 
Where do you think that comes from? Shit, man. I don't even know. It's the person I am. I just like being in the present. Um, I'm not in the past, not in the future. I'm always just like here, you know, like some shit happens, whatever, you know, whatever's going on right now, whatever I can or can't control is, is what it is. That's so interesting. I heard, I don't know where I heard it from, but I heard somewhere like, uh, if somebody thinks about the past a lot, like if, if they think about the past more, they may be more depressed. And if they think about the future more, they they may have like anxiety type shit. I mean, yeah, it's like how how it works. Shit, like it makes me anxious right now thinking about you know what's gonna happen in like an hour. I'm just here right now, you know, chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm about to order my fucking mofongo. Like, <laughs> it's all I'm thinking about right now. This interview, you know, like it is what it is. So, what restaurant are you at? You want to shout them out? Shit, fucking El Viejo Yayo too in Park Slope. I I. I wanted like a like long time ago, like a, a first date here, and it was so awkward. But their food is so good that I did not give a fuck. Wait, uh, okay, so what made the date awkward? Just that that girl, she was weird. Um, we like hung out a couple times beforehand, but like with people. So like we were like alone uh. for the first time, and it was so weird because she had no personality, and I was just like okay like we have nothing to talk about and like it wasn't like a natural conversation like this where like we're going back and forth like mm-hmm. i was talking about my life and i would ask her about her life and she'd be like oh it's good and i'm like bitch like you you have nothing <laughs> you have nothing going on like jesus christ yeah but the but the food was good but the food was good do you remember what you ordered I have no fucking idea. It was <laughs> it was like a, a plate of like chicken, rice, and beans. I'm pretty sure like the most basic shit ever. But I dogged that shit. Do you remember what she ordered? Fuck no. I well, she had like a fucking cup of like lemon water and like brown rice. It was it was not for me. That whole <laughs> thing was not for me. Bruh. <laughs> shout out to her wherever she's at. Shout out to her. <laughs> Damn. She not shout out to her. Oh, fuck no. oh, I guess it's fucker then. <laughs> fucker. Fucker. <laughs> but uh, so what's like a like what's your favorite part about like throwing shows so far? Making people happy. I love um when people are performing, and I'm on the stage looking into the crowd, and I can feel that same feeling of satisfaction that the performers feeling, and the, I I can feel all the love of the people smiling and screaming the lyrics and it's enjoying themselves. It's so special to me. It's, it's not like a party. It's not a get together. It's like, it's so much more, you know what I mean? It's, it's enjoying the, the specific music that one person likes. And it's so beautiful. Like every time it's so beautiful. So when it comes to like parties, though, do you think that, cause you know, parties have music as well, but it, you think it's a different type of beautiful with shows? I mean, definitely. There's like a lot of like, you know, like, you know, ignorance is bliss. So like, you know, when when you're, you know, being ignorant and singing Cardi lyrics and like, you know, back then, like, you know, my, my house party, they like Sheck West lyrics and Lil Pump lyrics, X lyrics. Mm-hmm. And just shout them out, you know, shout, shout them, shouting them out and just drinking and just like, you know, chilling, really just doing your thing. It's, it's ignorance, but it's still bliss. It's still a great time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you really love an artist and you see them live, it's a different feeling. It's, it's a different uh you know like whole emotion you feel 
Yo, what's good, everybody? Uh, we're coming back with the Mullet Boy interview. We had to, there was some slight intermission. We're back again. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, Mullet Boy, is there like any upcoming shows that you're excited about? I see on your story you got one in Jersey coming soon. Yeah, man. I mean, um, there's a lot of shows I'm really excited about. Um, I would say one of the ones I'm really excited about is um, the four dates tour i'm taking nascar on uh it's about to be so fucking sick we're going to baltimore uh boston philly new york uh and then that fifth date is actually going to be new jersey um it's going to be like like a bonus show on the tour and this will probably be out when it's announced so yeah, you, you can keep this in but uh, yeah that's going to be my first new jersey show ever okay so what makes it like a bonus show I mean, just because it's it's not officially on the East Coast Takeover tour mm. uh, that me and Good Hits are doing, it's gonna be like since we're we 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 just saw like a lot of hype around uh, the actual tour itself, and we thought let's add an extra date. And one of my homies, Kratos, actually mm. owns a venue in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and he was he brought up the idea of doing something there. And it kind of just happened, like, perfect timing. And I just, like, you know, inquired for it. And, you know, it's coming up. It's going to be, like, uh, same lineup with, like, Malice K, you know, Shark Breach and Munch and all them. Okay. Uh, except in, in New Jersey with, like, a few Jersey locals. It's going to be really fun. So you were talking about how your homie has a venue. Now I want to ask you, Yeah. does it get easier to do, like, does it, does it get easier to throw shows like the more you do them or does it like as does it get easier or it does it stay the honestly, same yeah oh it gets easier honestly yeah it, it gets easier only because like you know when you're doing them so consistently you're connecting and meeting so many new people and it's kind of hard not to like like reach your arm even if you're like stingy and like don't want to like reach to others out of your circle it's so easy to just reach your arms out to people and just kind of like collaborate and, you know, uh, see what they're doing, where they're doing things, when they're doing things and your resources become like a huge pile instead of like, just, you know, like little tidbits of, you know, whatever you can do. It's like, it feels like limitless when you keep doing it. Honestly, it's really empowering. That's why I, for anything you do, like consistency, just, you know, it helps so much. It makes things so much easier. Yeah, that's that's a fact. I feel like uh, yeah, I'd ask you that because I mean, I I make zero dollars from fucking interviewing. Like, I don't make any money from this yeah. shit. It's simply off a of passion. I love talking to people, getting to pick people's brain. Like, I think yeah. I think it's safe to say I'm probably like, I don't know, maybe shit five hundred dollars probably. That's not a lot, but, you know, probably $500 in terms of, like, investing in myself and buying a new fucking computer, fucking right. laptop, you know what I'm saying, mic and all that shit, other yeah, software. Everything is an investment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's cool that people like me and you could, like, do some shit on the internet simply just off a of passion, bro, not giving a fuck about mm -hmm. money, like, literally, like, not caring about money and just doing that shit just based off of really the love for the art, yeah, you know? It's not real, you know what I mean? Like, what are you gonna spend it on? Like, your like, make sure you got rent every month. Make sure you got food in your stomach, and yeah. the rest is not real. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just like, 
that's why I didn't really care about that loss, honestly, was because I was like, like what, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it was bound to happen. And like before that, I was only taking wins. So like my first loss ever, mm-hmm. and it was my biggest loss. So I was just like, fuck, like, you know, it's whatever I can deal with this, but it always does suck. You know, as, as much as money is not real, it fucking sucks when you don't have it because it runs the world. Yeah. I think that's the trippiest part about, because I came to that conclusion maybe like when I turned 19, like money is not specifically paper printed money. It doesn't mean shit. Like, doesn't. Literally, it means nothing. It's something that, um, how do I word this? It's something that the powers that be put a price on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, at, yeah. At the end of the day, I feel like, the main quote unquote currency is like if you have like a skill, a trade, or like maybe like even, you know, coin, like silver, like silver, gold mm-hmm. and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like actual minerals, but yeah, exactly. Pa- paper money has been, you know, depreciating anyway for the past like 50 years. So that's all going to come down to gold, silver, and like cryptos, anyways. So like, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting because Lord knows what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? Hopefully, like, a crash, and then after the crash, we come back from it and kind of stabilize our economy. But I, no one's, like, I mean, it's kind of happening now, but, like, no one wants to realize it or, like, acknowledge it because, like, once you acknowledge it, then like the crash happens. You know what I mean? Like it's already happening, but it takes time for things to like really crash. So I don't know. I I hope for a stable economy after a crash, but it's bound to happen. So that'd be nice. It'd also be nice to let banks like, you know, have their own blockchain systems for like crypto. Uh, be really nice to you know like urge people to buy gold and silver mm-hmm. I mean you know then that would become more stable too it could be used as like a trade it could be used as you know currency again but uh yeah stability really yes that's that's what I hope happens what I think will happen but uh it's gonna take years and years and years yeah I mean I mean, did you see what happened to the fucking Silicon Valley Bank? Did you hear about that? Are they fucking crashed? Yeah, bro. That's fucked. Yeah. Like, it's, what? Oh, go ahead. It, it's it's so hard to tell what's going to happen, though, because I, I feel like it's something new, like, every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to say at this point. Like, back then, you can, like, predict, like, oh, like, this is happening, so this might happen. But now it's, like, literally no one, like, I don't. Like I don't know who controls that shit anymore. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works anymore. You know, and you, like you can look back into like the 1930s when the crash happened, and see where you know the dollar was like diminishing, and like how many you know homes were being like foreclosed because of X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh, like that's why it happened. Now it's just like there's there's too many like factors to play in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why I just hope my dollar is worth something when you know i really make it big so that i'm not like oh hey i made a million dollars but i can only buy you know like a fucking closet bedroom in new york yeah you know what i mean like 
I hope it's worth something in the future. Yeah, I think, or else uh, I'm moving out of this hoe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, bro. If if my doll, if if my million dollars can't buy me a decent apartment, I'm just moving out of New York. Um, I mean, I mean, even now, yeah, you can't really buy a nice apartment for a million dollars in New York. You you can buy like a decent little shoebox, but you know. Anyways, yeah. And uh, yeah, I I like this conversation. I feel like uh. It could open a lot of people's eyes to like certain shit. Like um, one of the first red flags for me was like, because I have a bank account, of course, you know, shout out Capital One, you know what I'm saying? Wonderful bank. But uh, yeah. the red flag for me is like, you know, when you put your money in there, you know, nine times out of 10, it's not even fucking in there. Like it's it's being used by the bank. And that's that's what happened yeah. to the Silicon Valley shit. That's why that shit fucking crashed and burned. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. And that's why I think crypto is very nice because that 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 could never happen that that can never happen with uh crypto. You know, you're 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 part of a blockchain system, so it's like your money is not being used by anybody or going anywhere. You know, it's it really works as like a you know a spendable stock, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like the best part about it. It it reflects on how well the economy is doing right now. You know, so. I think crypto is also really great. I I have, I actually lost a bunch of money in crypto before, but you know I've also made a lot of money in crypto. So, really re- really good investment, right? Like as of now, you know, because they're only going to go up from here. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the dollar is just going to keep shitting on itself forever and ever. Yeah, I mean, as much as I like don't like, um, quote unquote like. United States, uh, I'm like happy that I was born here because if you look at other countries like a, uh, like villain, I think yeah, Venezuela, like their economy. Well, I remember last oh, year yeah. the economy was really fucking bad and it still is like pretty bad. Like, like, like their roads, like, the, like they're like the compared to what our roads look like versus their shit, it's fucked. Or like how even like a, uh, you imagine going outside and you just see guys walk around with fucking AKs like certain parts of the city that even a police don't go type shit like we're extremely lucky you know what i'm saying i'm grateful for that yeah man yeah man it's that that is really true i mean like you know i feel like every country has their own problems so like people have you know their right to complain and to be like salty about certain things but at the same time like we got it good compared to a lot of other countries but we do have our own problems you know what i mean so it's like complain all you want but you know there's there's problems everywhere you go you know like people always try to say to me like oh but what about like sweden what about japan and they're like then just like dude like go there as a black man and see how pleasant it is mm. you can't and you won't enjoy it so much racism in japan there's so much racism in sweden like the fuck like you, you think it's just like it's just free free goddamn healthcare, and then now, now your life is good like no like there's problems everywhere you know like in the world we're continuing to be like that forever because it's just human nature you know like it's it's how we were like like in our it's in our blood to like you know pass down those like you know idealizations it's it's less in the u.s now because like obviously like you know there's been so much like stigma around like racism that it's like you know lessening every decade but 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that Sweden or you know, these are these other countries that have like free healthcare and seem like great because they're like socialist countries, like mm-hmm. that they're better. Like they still got problems, you know. But uh, yeah, that was just like a small rant about that shit because I feel you. I'm I'm glad I live here, and a lot of people shit on me for being like like a nationalist. Like I I like living here, mm-hmm. you know. So. This is the last question about this. So in terms of like, so are we saying everywhere has problems? Um, how do you think there will be a way to fucking solve that? I know that's a vague ass question, but how do you think we solve it to where nobody has problems? I think it would just always be like that. Or what would you there's do to stop it? No, there's like no way to like to solve. Like, cause once you solve a problem and another one arises, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you can't ever fully solve a problem, sadly. Like, it's gonna, like, let's say we're like, hey, Swedish people, stop, stop looking at, you know, whenever, you know, a black dude comes to Sweden, stop looking at him and, you know, mocking him and staring him down when he's going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, oh, well, X, Y, and Z. And that's gonna start a whole, you know, thing between, them and then it's gonna be like a you know this versus that and then a bigger problem arises like because no one wants to admit they're racist no one wants to admit they have you know racism rooted in their you know in their everyday life like like no one wants to admit that so it's like if you tell a kid like hey you're doing something bad and they have a tantrum like same thing for Mm -hmm. grown-ass people you know there, I, I don't think there's a fix for that because there's there's a lot more ignorance than there is like understanding level headed level headed people. Yeah, I love that analogy made between like a little kid doing something bad and grown ass adults. I, I love that analogy. Um, it's just it's true, you know. So I kind of want to get back into you doing shows. So yeah. I remember you were saying how when you first started doing shows, it was mainly the resources that were like sh- troublesome for you, like getting a mic and, you know, getting uh-huh. shit like that. But you never had an issue with like getting a lineup. So I want to know as an event thrower, how did you initially make all these connections with artists? Was it just emailing people, DMing people? Did you have any connections prior or? Um, I, I mean, I had like connections, but there wasn't like, like, crazy like you know big rappers it was like my boy psycho java like i made some music with him before you know like i was like oh i don't like the music i want to host events i want to dj i want to do this and that um i know my boy grave 718 like it wasn't like huge people it was just like the homies really that made music that inspired me to do what i did so i don't i wouldn't say yeah i never had connections ever like really ever Okay. I know there's a lot of like people, communities, and event throwers in a community right now. Someone shows, uh, just to name a few. Of course, there's you, Mullimania, Extreme Trap, Subculture Party, Lil Poofy Throw Shows. I think Bobby D from Cult Classic threw a couple shows as well. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know when it comes to throwing shows, is there any advice you'd give to other people starting out? Yeah, I mean, um, always have a connection to your community, you know, like, 
that's the most important part. You can't really have like a show go on without having some sort of connection to these artists. You can't just be like a corporate fucking agent be like, hey, I want to book you for a show. Like you have to make the connection first. You know, you, you got to like the music. If you have no passion for it, literally don't do it, you know? Um, people that want to do it though and have a passion for it, it's probably going to come naturally, but um, it would save some money to buy like some equipment, you know, to, to own it instead of renting it every time. Cause I made that mistake. I would, I would rent equipment every single time. And by my fifth time renting it, I could have bought a thousand dollars setup. You know what I mean? So I, um, yeah, I recommend definitely buying your own equipment and uh, really delving into a community and, you know, learning about people, meeting people. So you kind of spoke on it earlier in our interview, how you started doing shows just based off a of passion and just your love of doing it started from doing the party shit. So how do I, how do I word this? Did you think you'd go like, quote unquote, far with this? Or was it like not even in your mind? You were just doing it to do it. I was doing it to do it. I was literally just like being an angsty high schooler and I was home alone. So like, you know, what what else is there to do in a three bedroom, you know? <laughs> and I was chilling. I liked just partying, you know. Um, a lot of kids also like liked partying because there was nothing else to do in that town. So yeah, it just literally came from that. I wasn't thinking I was going to be anything or do anything. It just happened so naturally. And that's why, like, I have advice, but, like, it's better when people ask me, like, specific questions, you know? So I could be like, oh, like, this is how I can help you. Because when they're like, how do, I, how do I host a show? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to, how, <laughs> how you can host a show. Like, you, what music do you like? You know, like, pick your artist, pick your venue, pick your sound. Fucking hang up some lights. You know, like make it your own thing. It's like, it's like you you have a bedroom. You you know you move into a new house with your family. You pick your bedroom. You get your bed and you put your bed sheets and you put your lamp and you put your desk and get your computer. Like, it's just building. You know, it's like building blocks. Have you thrown a show outside the U.S.? Nope, <laughs> nope. I, I hopefully one day. So what do you think would be like the first country you want to fucking go to? I want to hit the UK. Why is that? I want to hit the... I know an event production company out there that hosts events. I forgot what their name was, but we spoke briefly on Instagram DMs and I really want to host something in the UK. They brought NASCAR out there like not that long ago. And I was like, oh shit, like little cute venue looked really cool. Everyone was happy. Like they really go hard too. Um... Yeah, shout out UK. They they go hard. They, they don't got enough love, so I want to go out there for sure. I was wondering, do you manage artists as well, or? I do. I like. I would say like shadow manage because I never have ever written out a contract for an artist and been like, give me five EPs. So I've just been like, <laughs> how can yeah. I help you? You know what I mean? Like, how can I genuinely help you? Um. Yeah, I I I do manage Psycho Java though. He's like been my artist since like 2021 we've been working on shit since like the beginning of time um he's so goddamn talented bro if you guys want to listen to a good artist psycho java is the one 
on all streaming platforms, PsychoJava, and just listen to any of his songs. Guarantee you'll like it. Michelle, I'm gonna leave him linked down below. Is there any yeah, um is there any parallels between throwing shows and quote unquote managing an artist? Um hmm. I would say yeah, because the same thing you kind of got to set them up for what people want to see you know you got you got to give them the the pov of the fan you know you got to be like hey how how would i enjoy your existence even more you know do you need a visual do you need an ep do you need some money pushed behind this music video do you need a show you know what i mean like it's so many things that an artist could need you know to, to grow and to you know, like, do you need to collab? Do you want to collaborate with this person? Like, you know, it's it's so like, um, it's so difficult to calibrate what something needs. But you, but when you do know, you know, like, you'll know. So mm-hmm. I guess it goes hand in hand with shows. Like, you don't know what the show might need, what what artists you might need until you figure. Out, oh shit, that's the artist that has to that has to open. That's the artist that that should headline. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah, it's like building blocks. So I would say that there's some overlaps in parallel. So, it's so interesting how you, again, you throw shows, you manage artists, but you don't actually, you don't drop music. And I think we spoke about that in the first half of our interview, or maybe it was before Mm -hmm. we even started recording, but why don't you drop music now? I just... I'll do it for like fun sometimes. I'll like make something, but I've never released stuff just because I'm just like, it's for me, you know. Like, mm. I don't, I don't do it for anyone but me, you know. And if a song is good enough one day, and I'm like, hey, I would like to release this, I'll probably like release it. But I'm if I want to release something, like I'm hella extra. I'm gonna go all out. Like I'm gonna spend money on like a music video. I'm gonna put money on the release just to like see what I can I'm capable of doing. You know what I mean? Like just like how I build build a show and make sure the show is like lights, camera, action, edit, you know, uh, you know, recap, everything. Like same thing for music. If I ever have a song that I really like and I'm not tired of after listening to a hundred times, yeah, I'll I'll really go all out and I'll promote it and I'll release it. But um maybe, perhaps. I buy I don't do music now just for that reason. Like, I don't have, like, an insane passion for it. It's just for fun sometimes. Okay. So, what's, like, the vibes of, like, your unreleased music? Is it, like, trap metal? Or are you singing on it? Like, I've made a ton of shit. I've made trap metal before. I've made, like, almost, like, this plug before. Um, I have one released song with Psycho Java called Hollow Corpse Anthem. That one's like some Chief Keef shit. Uh, I've made singy songy stuff before. Uh, I made like a D&B track before where I was like rapping over it. That was really fun to make. I just make anything I like and anything I want to make, you know? Mm-hmm. So my next question is more so about the brand Mullet Mania. So... I remember we were speaking before um, our first interview, and I was asking, how come you're not on other social medias? You know what I'm saying? Mullet Boy, you just have Instagram. But it's also the same mm-hmm. for Mullet Mania. So I was wondering why 
and you went into why you specifically don't have other socials but for mullet mania why don't you have mullet mania like on twitter and tiktok and these other socials and youtube i don't know i feel like um just like a festival page you know i i definitely should make a twitter I think I'm gonna do it right after this interview. Actually, it's just like <laughs> I made the Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, like this is where I'm gonna promote the, you know, the stuff because my demographic is on Instagram." Yeah. But um, yeah, I I, I think I should definitely delve into, you know, branding on a few more platforms. I've been, I've been making my first TikTok recently to like promote this Cold Heart show, all this like high C show. Huh? And I just don't know how to. I don't know how to do it yet. I'm just like. Hey guys, I'm Willow Boy and I'm hosting a show and I'm like, fuck, delete that, delete that. And I'm just like trying over and over again to talk into a camera. And then I'm just like, fuck, like, what do I do? So I guess I just gotta become more savvy first with other social medias in order to like really like branch out, you know. So, so does talking to the camera bother you? Um, a little bit, you know. Cause I'm like I'll like listen to my voice like three uh, times and I'll be like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. You're gonna hate listening to this interview then when I send it to you before it's uh after it's edited. <laughs> I'm the nah, same way. Not though. even that. I I just I see my face and I'm talking I'm, I'm talking to you right now, but I'm talking mm -hmm. to no one on TikTok. So I'm just like, ah. "What the fuck?" Like, I don't know. It, it just it. I don't know. It's it's one of my one of the things I can't get over <laughs> yeah you'll you'll get used to, i used to make like videos back in the day you'll get used to it bro after like the i'd say like after like the fifth sixth seventh eighth video it becomes like normal type shit should i hope so because when I, I see it i'm like damn someone's gonna comment like cringe fucking cringe low i'm just like <laughs> i can't handle it because it is cringy uh, well really? i look at it and think it's cringy at least mm -hmm. Why? Why? Why do you think that? I literally don't know. It's just the way I'm wired. I think it's from all this of all the Discord bullying when I was like twelve. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Damn. That will that will do it. You're right. But bro, I I think it would be cool to see like Mullet Mania like on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Doing content for the YouTube channel, whether it be like interviews or like backstage shenanigans with artists and shit like that i think that would be cool i think the fans would like to see that for sure oh yeah yeah i, I, got, I gotta do it i definitely gotta do it i don't know who's like an uh underground artist you'd like to see like perform at your show that you haven't got yet ah damn it's a hard question i oh um i would really like to see fuck wait i don't even mm, damn it's like so hard man because i mean shit i i really like my, my goal one day is to do a show with suicide boys so that'd be really like insane it's obviously not in my reach at all right now because like they're a goddamn five-story apartment to book but you know it's a dream. I'd really love to. I'd love to see them perform at like Mullet Mania one day. Um, same thing with like Xavier Wolf. Be really fucking cool. Just like the the OGs, really. I I feel like I've I've nailed a lot of the, 
I've nailed I've nailed a lot of the uh, major ones I really wanted to see live though, which is like really 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 like uh, you know, tumbling. Hmm. So who's like the uh, biggest artist you've had headlining your show? I um, I I guess Lil Tracy. How did that come about? Uh, I think we talked about it before. I it was I was doing a Cold Heart show, or I don't know if we did talk about it. But I was doing a Cold Heart show, and Cold Heart had to drop out. Um, he caught COVID, and basically, uh, Tracy was like the only person that was like GBC affiliated that was in New York that could headline for Cold Heart. And like the night before, we we made that change. Like the the morning of, literally, we were like. Hey guys, by the way, um, it's not a cold heart show anymore. It's a Tracy show, and they got a lot of positive feedback. It was an amazing show. He played probably one of his best sets. I've been to a lot of Tracy shows before. He played one, probably one of his best sets I've ever seen him play in my like six, seven years of being a Tracy fan. My bad. I'm looking at your fucking Instagram. You have like these huge fucking Marlboro fucking cigarettes. Yeah, those are um cartons of like Colombian cigarettes my boy got me. Jesus. You said Colombian? Yeah, you you can't get those in the US. Those like green and uh those green and pink ones. Like they're they're watermelon crushed Marlboros. You can't get them anywhere in the US unless you're paying like 25 30 a pack. What the fuck? That's wild. Yeah, and though and those are just like regular Marlboro lights in the gold packaging. But um yeah, so from Columbus they're dirt cheap, which is amazing. So Mullaboy, I kinda wanna send you a picture on Instagram and I want you to describe to the listeners what I sent you, okay? Alright. <laughs> BLP kosher and Traplin Pat. Um BLP kosher was in New York for a show. Um, wait, when even was that? That was like a couple weeks ago, I guess. And he was staying in New York for a while, and literally, like my my coworkers kept seeing him around Lower East Side, and I was like, "Bro, like, why don't I see him?" And then, like, as I was talking about him, he passes by, and I'm just like, "Kosher," <laughs> and he's like, "Yo," and he just walks in with like his whole crew. And I was like, yo, like I work at like a churro shop. And I was like, yo, let me get you some churros and like coffee and ice cream and shit like that. I was just chopping it up with them for like 30 minutes. They're like hella cool people. Um, yeah, bro, great souls. And it's got the flick with them. And you can see the, the churro in that picture. <laughs> um, yeah, they were munching down. Chaplin Pat was fucking with that uh, fucking ice cream that I gave him. It, it, it was a good night. That was that was a good shift. Damn, you work at a churro shop. That seemed damn. So, what type of churros do you guys have? Like regular churros. Oh, there's not like um, a vanilla chocolate type shit. Or... No, we have like sauce cups. You know what I mean? Like we have like dips in a cup type shit, and then you can there's like twelve flavors type shit. So like, you get your regular churros, you get a dip, dumb fire, yo. I recommend like if anyone wants to come to NYC, like. Get a little snack, bro. El Churro's this fucking spot. Like, shout out that place. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm comfortable speaking about my job and shit like that. I'm a, I'm a regular ass person. I'm not a goddamn you know a list celebrity. So it's like, mm-hmm. 
if you see me at my job, like, say what's up, you know? Your job, I, I, I think your job is fucking cool. It kind of puts, it's like in the realm of like, well, to me, I'd say it's like in the realm of like working at fucking GameStop or like Domino's or like Seize Candy or some shit. It's fucking cool. Yeah, it's it's fun too because so many celebs go to that shop because there's a famous hotel right next door. Mm. So I, I've seen like so many celebrities like randomly like pass by and shit like that. Wait, who who have you seen? Do you remember? Um, recently saw Zilla. Uh, I've seen Echo Two K. I made him a matcha latte. <laughs> Fucking a G Easy randomly saw G Easy. Um, oh, so this famous comedian, I forgot what his name is, but my manager clowns on me for not, I didn't even know who he was. Fucking, what's that goddamn comedian's name? Oh my God. Is he black? Yeah. Cat Williams? No, it's, uh, let me figure it out right now. Who the fuck? I'm going to figure it out right now. I'm gonna figure it out right now. Wait a second. Oh, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was really random. I didn't know who he was for some reason because I, I, I guess I was just like, oh, this is like some rich dude. He came in with like a fucking big ass pinky ring and like all iced out. And I was like, hey, can I get a name for your order? Because he ordered some churros. And he was like, Tracy. And I was like, all right. And he was like, Tracy Morgan. And I was like, haha, yeah. And I got to <laughs> put the ticket down. And then I'm just like, damn, bro, like you got iced. Like you iced up, bro. And he's like, nah, this light, this is like 30K. He's like, this right here. And he points at his like wrist. And like, this right here is 90K. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what do you do for a living? And he was like, what do you mean? What do I do for a living? And I was like, like, what do you do? Like, that, that's that's congratulations. Like, it's it's big. And he and then he like yelled to my manager. He's like, hey, this kid doesn't know who I am. My manager's like, I'm so sorry. Like, he's only 19. He he doesn't know. And I was like, wait, what? Like, who is this? And it's Tracy Morgan. I was like, I know it, it's on the ticket. I I know his <laughs> name. And like, no, he's a famous comedian. And I was like, oh, and like all it all connected. And I felt so embarrassed. Said, but bro, you know, who the fuck are you, bro? <laughs> That's I know, funny. I was like, damn, like, why am I, like, getting, like, clowned on, like, I don't, what, what are you, like, a local superhero? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now, but, yeah, I've seen him around. He's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen Frank Ocean around, too, but I'll, I'm not sure. Because, yeah, I had, like, a mask and shades on, but I could have sworn I served Frank Ocean. <laughs> that's, that's fucking fire shades a mask had his same hair i like looked up his height after and i was like was that him <laughs> so i don't know i don't know to this day yeah i think i remember i used to work at like this fucking church and i used to like i used to basically like crosswalk old people and then like on sundays i'd work at the big church i met fucking uh denzel's wife she's like super fucking cool bro Oh, really? Yeah, one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. Like, talking about, like, give you a hug, don't even know you type. She's really fucking sweet. Amazing woman. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. I don't want to get back and say, you said one of the biggest artists that you've had. Or no, 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 you said uh, one of the artists you'd want 
to like do a show with you name some artists oh no no is there any smaller artists that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to work with want to shout any of them out um i really want to work with the entirety of nlm i've never had a show with die perry i want to do that asap um shout out die perry that motherfucker goes crazy he got mad love in new york city everyone wants him out here um shit i've done a sh who do i gotta do shout out smoking skull i want to do a show with that motherfucker too i don't know if you ever heard of him mm -hmm. but he's he's up right now he's so fire um let's see shout out so evil boys i'm about to do my first like official show with xavier so bass soon um shit about to be crazy hmm a lot of people by the off the top, I can't think, but if I, if, it, if I think of more, I'm going to just, you know, spit them out. Mm -hmm. But I definitely want to do some shit with Die Perry ASAP. Yeah, uh, fucking Perry's amazing. Man. I did it. For everybody listening, you can watch my fucking Perry interview. That was an amazing interview. Uh, all the NLM boys, man, Vyth, Quank, Perry, Sesh, they're all, you know, I haven't met Sesh, but they're all fucking cool people. I would love to see you do some shit with them, too, in Atlanta or wherever, in yeah, New York, I'm, you know. I'm trying to run some shit shit with them and like voodoo if you know who that is I'm trying to run some shit with all of them and like you know delore and shit i want to have a whole like lineup of like nlm and nlm affiliates mm -hmm. all in one show and to see how it does you feel me yeah, that should be gas bro that should be gas uh should be i want one doing atl though because as much love as they have in new york i want to like reach my arms out to different states and all that mm -hmm. yeah i think they're headquartered in uh Atlanta too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I seen one of your IG posts. It was like May the fifth, and you said there might be merch coming soon. Is there any updates on that? Uh, merch sold out. <laughs> oh, really? You already uh, you already put it I, out? Yeah, I made one story post, and I sold them all at um Extreme Trap New York. Oh damn! Yeah, they're all gone, but you know, I might, I might re-release them again. Damn, so when do you think you're going to drop some more merch? Uh, probably in like a month, honestly. Like, so like a nice summer drop. Because I, I, I want a nice graphic, so I just got to like really brainstorm my merch. Because the merch before was like just $10 tees. Like, they were like simple Molloboy tees. I could send you a picture after. It wasn't like anything fancy. It was on like Gildan tees. So it wasn't anything crazy. It was just like my first... You know, like to have stuff out there, like people wearing Molloboy tees. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I have merch out, sold out like really quick, which is like in person, cash, cash app type of thing. Um, okay. But maybe I'll put them like really like, like on a website, you know, when I make my website, when I, when I stop being lazy and make Molloboy.com. <laughs> I mean, you should, man. Again, if people are willing to wear your merch, that kind of goes back into what we were saying about. How it would be cool to see you do like a fucking animation with like your character type shit. If people are willing to buy the merch, I'm pretty sure they'll be willing to watch like, you know what I'm saying, a fucking 15 minute show or some shit, you know? That'd be insane. I just got to find somebody that like can do that for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the last three questions that I have for you, Mullet Boy, before I get into my quick 33 question segment is where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself somewhere in like hmm somewhere like 
on the coast, like the Hamptons or something, just like super chilling, you know, hopefully by then I own my own venue. Um, I can give people jobs. I can give people opportunities and I can do it all by just like chilling out, sitting on like a nice beach chair, like someplace abroad. You know what I mean? Um, I, I really want to make like a fully functional, I want to make the underground like fully functional and fully self-sufficient. And I, I want to do all that by, you know, giving others the opportunities I had, well, that I didn't have, that I got by just grinding really hard, you know. I, I also see myself just like, just wa- wa- winding down, honestly. I, mm-hmm. I feel like by the five-year point, I can finally like net enough, you know, money to like, you know, like, like I said, be self-sufficient, give jobs to others. Mm-hmm. Make sure everyone is, is is getting their money and doing their passion, you know. Uh, yeah, it's really where I see myself, which is being, you know, stable. Okay. Shit, man, when five years fucking happens, man, when you get to that point, if you ever need a fucking interviewer, fucking cheap pay, I'm fucking down, bro. I want to do Dude, in-person interviews. Definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people might hear that and think like, oh, so he's just going to be sitting on a beach chair and, you know, fucking everyone's going to be doing the work for him. And it's like, fuck, yeah, you guys, you're going to have goddamn jobs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I wish someone could give me a fucking job back then in the field I wanted to be in. You yes. Know? Yeah. Like, of course, I'm still going to be, you know, making these shows and sending probably like 100 emails a day. But like. Does that mean I still have to be on the forefront? No, you know, it, I can always pass the torch down to somebody that really wants to put in that pain, you know, like they're, you know, everyone does it. Everyone that's ever done events has, has done that, has passed, passed the torch down to somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I would say, yeah, by, by five years, I should have already passed the torch down and I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, run my co-to business with uh, good hits. I really want that to be a success and just a, a happy, successful, warm life, you know, where I can buy my mom a house yeah, and just, you know, so she can live in peace finally. Yeah. It's respectable. I want to know, you. I want to know, where do you see the underground scene in five years? I think that, um, I think trap metal will not be making a comeback. Um, mm. I think that that might be, you know, it's still going to be something in my heart forever, but I don't think that the underground is even remotely close to trap metal right now. I think it's very like dark plug, you know, OPM aesthetic that is kind of like taking over right now. And the underground runs in like blocks. So they're during this like five to like 10 year block, I think will be like that OPM era. After that, Lord knows what could happen because I know I don't know what's going to happen. But right, yeah, next five years, for sure, the opium shit's going to be like the main, main, mainstream. And then right below it, the underground is going to be like some opium shit, too. Hmm. It's interesting. I want to know what's something you change about the underground scene? Something I would change is um, less beef. Hmm. Um, more understanding and more forgiveness. Uh, I think that 
we don't know each other all that much and we can make assumptions via social media very easily and that a lot of people want to start beef and drama for the sole purpose of getting attention and it's just really messed up you know like some people have lost their whole entire careers over the dumbest shit ever and like the most talented artists ever too and uh i think we need to be more understanding and we honestly just got to start you know being less like exclusive you know a lot of people are super exclusive with their shit like they'll be like oh you have 300 followers you can't be on my show mm-hmm. but it's like you know that shouldn't matter at all it should you know how good is your mix how, how do you perform do you perform well do you know are you stage fright like those things really matter most um we got to understand each other more so that's what i really would change is everyone got to just fucking chill out and be more human you know Damn. be less chronically online you're uh the first person to say that in that way when i ask i ask everybody in the underground scene that question you're the first person to say it in that way really yeah i think that that says a lot i, I would like to see uh i don't know just people like again what you're saying just the beef shit just everybody being unified making music they get together doing shows together the trad metal scene fucking hyper pop scene just everybody just all scenes just coming together making fucking music i think that would be amazing i think the fans want that so that's what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I feel like collabs would be great too. I feel like a lot of people want you to collab more too. A lot of people got to see like, I sound good with this person. Like, let's do it instead of being like, hey, I charge a thousand dollars for a feature and I'm going to half-ass it and give it to you two months later. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people got to start like humbling themselves for sure. Uh, so everybody listening, me and Mullet Boy have only been recording this session for What's well, about to be an hour. It hasn't been that long. Um, this is my next and the last segment called 33 Questions, where I ask the guests 33 random questions and they have to answer it as quickly and as truthfully as possible. Are you ready, Molly Boy? I am ready. Question number one. If you could throw a show anywhere, where would you throw it? Fucking Japan. Soda or juice? Uh, juice. How often do you eat salad? Yesterday. Would you rather be slapped by the Hulk by his full power or slightly laser beamed by Superman? Fucking goddamn Hulk. <laughs> if Muscle Man from Regular Shell pulled up right now trying to run the hands, are you running the ones? Yum. Beating the shit out of muscle man. I'm not gonna hold you, bro. I'd tip that motherfucker over. <laughs> Without saying the reason, did you cry last month? No. What type of TV do you have? A Samsung LG. What streaming services do you own? I don't own. I take other people's accounts. Yo, yo! Shout out to Netflix. Fuck Netflix for trying to fucking crack down on the Netflix OG. shit. The password free, shit. Free ninety nine or nothing. <laughs> do you know how to knit or crochet? Yes, I do. Really? 
Yeah, but like more so like crochet. I took a small class in like my high school. We had like little internships that we took for credits. Okay. What sports have you played? Basketball. I played like a little bit of soccer. Um, is 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 billiards a sport? I don't know. Billiards. That's that's the eight ball pool thing. Yep. Uh, I would cons- me personally. I would cons- if gaming is a sport. I mean, billiards should be right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, billiards. If you can give an estimate. Hypothetically speaking, if you wanted to have kids, at what age would you like to have kids? Like 28. For reference, how old are you? 19. Oh, damn, you're young, bro. Damn. So, like, another decade. Okay. 28 is actually a really good, solid age. Uh, yeah, because then, like, by then I should have some bread, some, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, a house, you know, all that good stuff. If you could breathe underwater, would you attempt to live in the ocean? Fuck yeah. Drip or swag? Drip. What's the loudest you can scream? Bro, if I, I live in a three bedroom apartment, if I did that right now, might get evicted. <laughs> yeah, I asked that. I wanted to see if you were going to scream loud as shit. Quank, Bro, quank would have like, did it for sure. If I was on my quank shit, I was just about to say, if I was on my quank shit, maybe I would have. But... <laughs> Oh, man. Shout out to you, Quank, if you're listening. Quank's interview drops in, like, an hour, 30 minutes. Uh, okay. Now, this is also a Quank-type question. Do you have a foot fetish? It's developing. <laughs> yeah. It's developing. I don't know where it came from, bro. But my girl's feet be looking mad pretty sometimes. <laughs> if you had to choose, would you rather be a piano or a drum set? Fucking a piano, man. Piano, I'm not going to hold you. Have you ever been injured at a show? It's too many times to count. Do you wear socks? Yes. <laughs> Have you ever punched the wall? Punched a hole in Bro, the wall? Who's, wait, who the fuck says no to not... Yo, has anyone said no to the sock question? See, I've never actually asked it that way, but I know people who do not wear socks at all, bro. That's disgusting. <laughs> and that's why I asked you that. Do you wear socks? <laughs> I'm not that musty. Have you ever punched a hole in the wall? No, actually. What car- what career profession do you think deserves more respect? Fucking janitors. Mm. If you had to choose, would you rather be a 911 dispatcher or an EMT? EMT. What was the last song you listened to? Um, Actually, I need one second for that. Oh, Snoss, wrong. What natural disaster scares you the most? Tsunami. Man, it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> I know, right? Do you have a fear of dying? No. How much sleep did you get last night? Seven hours. Is it possible for you to stop thinking, or are you always thinking about something? Always thinking about something. Would you rather smell the armpit of NASCAR aloe or eat a can of sardines? Already did the first one. So you choose that again? Yep. 
<laughs> Without going into depth, do you have someone that you die for? My mother. Okay. Do you know what it truly means to love someone? Maybe. Mm. What do you think it means to love someone? So I said maybe. It's like, you never really do know. You 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 could think it's love all the time. It could be obsession. It could be uh, adoration. It could be so many other feelings. So it's hard to pinpoint what love is. But um, I think maybe I'm, uh, I've experienced it, yeah. If you had to break a bone, what bone would you not mind breaking? Honestly, would not mind, like, breaking my nose. Like, it does nothing for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I can still breathe, right? You know? my nose cats or dogs cats for the very last question what's your perspective on the human race fuck them all they suck <laughs> they'll, de they'll deceive you they probably hate you if you want to have a genuine conversation probably won't have one and the top one percent of human beings are stealing your money literally Literally. Fun fact for everybody listening. I fucking Googled Quank's, the definition of Quank's name, and one of the definitions was a entire a slur for the entire human race. That's amazing. <laughs> um, we, we're all Quanks. <laughs> fucking Quank. But for, uh, for everybody listening, this was a mullet boy interview. I was super excited to do this. Um, this may be kind of on the like smaller side, shorter side of interviews. Uh, Usually my interviews are long as shit. This one isn't that long. Um, Mullenboy, did you enjoy that 33 question segment? Was that weird or? That was fun. Yeah. That was fun as fuck. Usually, like, I've had, like, spontaneous, like, little, like, vlog interviews before. Where people ask me, like, random questions. And they're usually, like, like, super, like, shitty questions. And I'm just, like, what? Why would you ask me that? Like, you can just look at my Instagram. Mm -hmm. But these questions really meant something. Like I was, it was stimulating my brain. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Because again, I'm big into psychology. So the reason I added that segment was to get to know people even more than the previous questions. Hell yeah, bro. So is there any like, any up upcoming projects you want to say to the people or anything you want to say to them before I end it? Mullet Mania, a winter classic coming soon. Yeah. For everybody listening, this was the Mullet Boy interview. My name is Makelove of Obscure Image Podcast, the most obscure podcast in the world, where I interview underground artists, content creators, game developers, inventors, and anything in between that. Uh, yeah, man, this is fucking dope. It's your boy Makelove, your boy Mullet Boy, and we out. Peace. Peace.